Italy is in lockdown. The St. Patrick's Day Festival has been cancelled. Six Nations rugby matches are postponed. As countries across the world continue to cope with the spread of COVID-19, what are the implications for travel and what about the costs associated with medical treatment abroad? We've gathered a panel to discuss these issues. Garod Gilly, Head of Customer Services at VHI Healthcare, is in our Cork studio. And we're also joined by Siobhan Maguire, Consumer Journalist and RTE's Consumer Affairs Correspondent. Fran McNulty. Thank you all for joining us this morning. Frank, can I start with you? The government is now advising against travel to any part of Italy. There'll be a lot of Irish people who've planned trips there. Where do they stand right now? This improves their situation, Sam, because travel disruption cover, if you have uh, travel insurance, will kick in in most instances here. And in terms of refunds for bookings or cancellations, your hand is really strengthened when there is official government advice in place. Part of the difficulty with Italy in particular up to now has been that in mainly affected areas, the those northern areas where travel restrictions and advisories were in place, people had a level of cover there. But if you are anxious about travelling elsewhere, chances are you were losing out if you wanted to cancel a booking or change a booking to an alternative location. This advisory, which has been confirmed by Simon Coveney within the past 30 minutes or so, really changes that. It will also mean that the airlines have to look at the situation uh, more meaningfully. Now, as of now, this morning, Aer Lingus have, have no comment to make. Ryanair are saying they'll comply with, with any decrees, as they call them, that are put in place. And they're going to uh, assess and advise uh, passengers early today as to what the situation is regarding Italy. But I should say, uh, Samantha, this morning, uh, I'm in a position to book flights. I tried, I went on the Aer Lingus website, I went on the Ryanair website, I can book a flight to Rome this weekend. So flights are continuing to operate as of now, it's just that the advisory is in place and that means that if people want to cancel, they will have more protection and there's a better chance they'll get their money back. And Fran, does it matter when you've booked your holiday to Italy, for instance, if you booked it in advance and you've already paid, or if it's a long way down the line, say August, September, are you still going to be covered in those scenarios? If you have travel insurance, yes. The only real restriction, uh, and there are varying uh, restrictions, if you took out a policy today, uh, it wouldn't kick in for probably seven days, in some cases 14 days and more. But the reality is, if you take out a policy today to cover yourself against travel to Italy in a few weeks' time, the advisory has now been issued, uh, so that probably will not be valid. It, it will be void. Uh, but in many cases, people who have travel insurance will be covered because of this travel advisory. And not a lot of people have travel insurance. It tends to be the minority of us take out travel insurance. But there's been a huge increase in the last two weeks in the number of people taking out travel insurance because they see how vulnerable they are because we've become so used to uh, ordering fl- booking flights online, booking hotels online ourselves. We don't have the protection of a travel agent and then we tend not to have the protection of travel insurance and then add to that Samantha we often tend to make the bookings on the like of bookings.com or hotels.com where we don't pay the extra little bit so that we can cancel because we like to travel cheaply. People are changing their spending plans now. They're tending to take out insurance. Some people moving back towards travel agents because they see they are quite vulnerable when you have a situation like this ongoing. And Fran, the thousands of Irish rugby fans who've booked tickets for Paris for the Six Nations match that's been cancelled. Given that Paris isn't a restricted area, will the airlines reimburse their airfares? What about their accommodation bookings? And what about tickets for the match? 
With regard to reimbursement, probably not. I know Aer Lingus have, have, they have adjusted their bookings uh, policy, so you can change a booking free of charge now with their, on new bookings with, with Aer Lingus. On new bookings, many of these people will have bookings made previously. I think a lot of people uh, for the rugby are going to lose out, Samantha, because a lot of them, if they're on packages, chances are it will roll over whenever that fixture uh, is changed. You probably will be okay, but if you've booked your own flights, if you've booked hotels online, you're probably going to lose out. We don't don't know what the situation is uh, with tickets as of yet. Uh, there's nothing, Six Nations have said nothing, there's nothing on the French Federation's website either. There is talk about those tickets for the match rolling over again. But if you're not in a position to attend the next time, we don't know as yet whether you'll get money back for your tickets. I think sporting fans in general, and when you hear uh, the situation with regard to the Slovakia game as well, people are going to be out of pocket. There is just a reality, uh, unless you have travel insurance. And the other thing we need to look at as well is the impact on the airline industry uh, generally because planes are flying empty the it's an industry uh, which is already under pressure we're going to see airlines fail as a result of this uh, inevitably some experts would say and that's going to present further issues down the line as well Garoj Gilly from VHI Healthcare, can I bring you in here and, and staying with that topic of the Six Nations in Paris? If the airlines or the hel- hotels won't reimburse people, would a travel policy cover people in that regard? Uh, good morning, Samantha, and to your listeners. Um, we, we are considering um, all the insurance implications on, on a daily basis, but since the, the outbreak of the coronavirus, the type of questions our customers are asking is, is what does my insurance plan cover me and the medical insistence and support available in the event of an emergency abroad. We, we, we are basing our cover application on, on the basis of the Department of Foreign Affairs advisory to Irish citizens and that is if the location you are going to um, is, is on the, the list of affected places then your cover will be in place provided you have bought the cover and you'd booked your travel in advance of the area being listed as, as affected. In relation to the Rugby International Right now, as you said, that Paris is not on the affected list. So therefore, um, technically speaking, there would, no be, there would be no cover. But however, in the current situation, we are going to consider cancellation claims for our insured members, where the sole purpose of the trip was to attend the particular rugby match, which has now been cancelled. Um, we are working through the detail at the moment. But it's important to say that, that we're going to see various events into the future that we're going to look at on a case-by-case basis. And Garoad, can people buy insurance now for holidays they've already booked and be covered if that holiday is cancelled or they y- want to cancel it themselves? Y- yes, they can, Samantha. And, and I guess the, the, the proviso is that as long as the area they're going to is, is unaffected, OK, and you've made your, 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 your trip booking, you've bought your travel insurance and the area you're hoping to go to is the area that's not listed on the Department of Foreign Affairs um, area or country that's affected. Yes, cover would apply, but the important point is that um, you, you, you make your booking, you, you take out your travel insurance and, and you're going to a particular destination that is currently <coughs> unaffected. Are you facing very large payouts because of the fallout of COVID-19? Very early to say, Samantha. Um, at the moment, our focus and indeed the focus of the entire industry is to make sure we treat our customers with empathy and at also to ensure that, that we treat our customers very fairly. Um, it's very, very early to say because we haven't seen the full impact of claims yet. We do not plan to increase our prices um, and I think we won't get a very uh, specific picture in relation to claims for quite some time yet. And Siobhan Maguire, consumer journalist, can I bring you in here? How is the industry responding to this evolving situation? 
It's very interesting, uh, Samantha. So, um, for example, online bookings, we have the likes of Booking.com um, and, and they uh, control a huge portion of the uh, online booking market where hotels and um, other accommodation is concerned. They have declared a fo- force majeure, forced circumstances where they're basically um, telling uh, their their partners, partners being their hotels, to um, waive any consul- cancellation costs or expenses in situations where guests or travellers have requested cancellations. Um, We also have uh, the likes of airlines uh, doing their bit as well. I have to say Ryanair has been very comprehensive in terms of the detail on its website and it states um, as of yesterday it announced further cuts to its flight schedules to and from Italy but it is stating that it is uh, while the situation is changing on a daily basis all passengers on flights affected by travel bans or cancellations are receiving emails and being offered flight transfers, full refunds or travel credits. Um, In relation to insurance, if if I can just make a point on that, we have to look at the likes of um, health insurance and and the part it will play in all of this. Because obviously, if you get sick abroad, what do you do? Um, There are certain things like the European Health Insurance Card, the EHIC, which you can apply for um, on, on the HSE website. And that basically covers you for on a holiday or a short short term stay and need to access uh, public hospital facilities. Mm-hmm. But but then when we look further afield to the likes of uh, the US, we see how the coronavirus is already affecting people there. It's estimated, new research has estimated that people in America without um, health insurance uh, experience a 20% blow to their income just from having to pay their medical bills. And we've had two examples already of American citizens being flown back from affected areas where they've been uh, charged in excess of $2,500 for an ambulance trip they didn't even ask for. If an Irish person finds themselves in an affected area within the States, what, what can they do? I, th- I think Siobhan makes a really good point there because uh, going to the US is, is very, very prudent for you to take out travel insurance w- without a doubt. Uh, there's one point I'd make in relation to health insurance um, in Ireland and that is you do have a particular benefit if you are temporarily abroad okay, and it works in tandem with your travel insurance that if there's an, a, medical, a medical emergency abroad you do have, particularly with VHI um, medical expense cover between 65 and 100,000 euro but the whole purpose of taking travel insurance is to top up that particular benefit but it's really really good uh, Samantha in the sense that if a medical emergency happens you ring a helpline number okay. they will manage your care pathway and take care of all the different liaison with hospitals etc and with family Siobhan I'll, I'll move on to you, you were talking earlier about how the travel industry was adapting to this situation but um, one concern that people have is that if you have a holiday booked and you decide that you don't want to go what options do you have at the moment? Unfortunately, um, if you decide to book Samantha without, uh, you know, the Department of Foreign Affairs um, telling you or advising you not to travel to that area, you are essentially um, a, a, at risk of losing your your um, what you've spent on your accommodation and your flights. Now, if it's a thing the airline cancels, that's a completely different story because that means you then have the option for a full refund or a full rerouting. Um, but if 
and I, and I understand people will be worried and uh, there are instances where you can contact your GP for example and, and, and get a letter stating that you're not in any fit state to, to fly for whatever reason um, and that is one way to ensure that you can somehow uh, claim some money back from the airline but do it yourself and, and you, you absolutely are not entitled to, to a refund. This particular uh, travel disruption, COVID-19 is considered extraordinary circumstances. That means it's outside the control of a transport provider such as an airline and consequently compensation doesn't apply. And Fran McNulty, at this time of year with Easter and the summertime approaching, you'll have a lot of families who've booked holidays to theme parks like Legoland in the UK or Disneyland in Paris. Has there been any suggestions that these parks might close or put any kind of restrictions in? And if they do, where do people stand? I suppose if the parks decide to close, people will be in a situation where they will be looking at refunds or uh, rebooking. But the difficulty is this, Samantha, that in many cases, families will be anxious about travelling. They will, you know, weigh it up and say, is it a good idea that we go? And that's what Siobhan's talking about there, where you make that decision yourself, you're potentially going to be at a loss. But there is, there is another reality surrounding all of this. Like... These are extraordinary times. Travel companies know this. Hotels know this. Booking websites know this. And at some point, a level of flexibility is going to kick in. Right now, you know, despite you, you heard Garode earlier saying VHI were looking at the, the rugby game in Paris and assessing cases individually, you know, airlines have been kind of helping people out. Um, but there has been, in the case of some airlines and some travel companies, there's just there's white and there's black, and if there isn't a travel advisory, you lose out. That, I get the sense, will change over time because we're going to see so so many difficulties come up, so many problems. Uh, it's going to come to the point where uh, travel companies and airlines and hotels are going to have to start sitting down and, and trying to be reasonable with people, trying to work it out. Like, one thing that's irking a lot of people at the moment, um, if you are in self-isolation or if you have been told by the HSE to self-isolate. In many cases, airlines aren't rebuilding uh, the cost of your flight. So I have one person on Twitter contacting us within the past 10 or 15 minutes saying he had been to Italy, uh, so he has decided to self-isolate. Uh, so he's been on to Aer Lingus to say, I want to cancel my transatlantic flight because I'm self-isolating, and the airline uh, is, is not offering to refund or reimburse him for the cost of that flight. In other cases, we've heard of examples where people were actually given a letter from the HSE because they had been in close contact with somebody who had contracted the virus, and the HSE was advising them not to travel, and the airline uh, wasn't uh, refunding the cost of their flight. So you're seeing, despite all talk of being reasonable and exceptional circumstances, some hard lines been taken by travel companies, and that's beginning to annoy people. And actually, when you see the scale of this problem, and when you hear the kind of things Simon Coveney was saying in Morning Ireland this morning, you realise that really flexibility is going to be key here. And Siobhan McGuire, one big concern people will have if they're travelling somewhere is that they end up being quarantined and having to stay for longer than they planned in a hotel or on a cruise ship. Who pays the bill for that extra stay? Well, if, if you go away and suddenly find yourself quarantined, the first thing you're supposed to do is contact the Department of Foreign Affairs and alert them to your whereabouts. 
the hotel um, is then supposed to step in and take over everything. Now, I've read some accounts from people who have been in quarantine um, and they basically state, stated that they've been sent, you know, told to stay in their rooms, but that they haven't been uh, charged any extras. And that that shouldn't be the that, I mean, that should be the case. You, you definitely shouldn't be charged any any extra if it's a thing that the, the trip is extended beyond your control. Again, this is where travel insurance can be really helpful. And in relation to Fran's previous point, uh, just on on cancelling a trip that you don't want to go on um, because you are anxious, um, travel insurance can kick in to to an amount of 1,000 in relation to compensating you. You you mentioned earlier as well, Samantha, just on on insurance, um, travel insurance and, and kind of interest in relation to insurance at the moment. Now, we've seen in the UK in the last week, a 227% increase in demand for policies on the same period last year. And we only have anecdotal figures in Ireland, but companies are definitely reporting an increase in queries and uptake in policies um, over a thousand percent on last year. And that also extends to the likes of the wedding uh, insurance policies, because, of course, a lot of people would have booked weddings in um, in northern Italy as well. And Garod Gilly in, of VHI Healthcare, you're in our Cork studio now. Um, can you tell us that if somebody is already on holidays at the moment, is it too late for them to buy travel insurance? They really should, um, Samantha, take out travel insurance before they, they travel. That That is the normal thing to do. So so um, if they, they book their holiday... Uh, at that same time, they should take out travel insurance and make sure that everything is is looked after when they go abroad. By and large, our, our particular guide would be that you should take out the travel insurance before you leave. But if, if they don't, is it possible when they're there? Um, Really, really, our, our particular rules would suggest that, that that they should take it out before they go. And, and back to the point we made earlier on, that, that we're very conscious that, that with the evolving situation, that if somebody goes abroad and, and it's, 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 it's a particular destination that's unaffected at the moment and becomes affected, then it is too late then to take out your travel insurance. And if you have medical cover then, can that kick in? Can that help you? Yeah, it can. So so with as I, as I mentioned earlier on, with, with your private health insurance plan, it, it's particularly designed around medical expenditure in Ireland, okay? But we do include a particular um, benefit called VHI Assist or the other insurance companies have something similar, I'm sure, okay? So what it does is that if you're temporarily abroad and a, a, a medical emergency incurs, okay, and this would be coronavirus as, as, as an example, okay? And um, with with our particular benefits, you have a range of, of between sixty five and a hundred thousand euro worth of cover, um, depending on the plan that you have. So how that works is that if you're admitted to hospital for treatment, we will pay up to sixty five thousand or a hundred thousand, depending on the plan, for your immediate medical expenses. But coupled with that, Samantha, we would also help. Um, a travelling companion, for instance. So if you have a travelling companion with you, um, we would help uh, to the tune of about €2,000 towards the extra accommodation costs they incur by prolonging their stay uh, to stay with you, if you like. And if 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 the particular medical condition is, is quite, quite acute and you're in an area where um, the medical facilities are not good, um, there is repatriation cover to a medical facility that would be uh, deemed by, our, by, by the medical advisors and VHI as, as a centre of excellence to treat your condition. So there's a repatriation cover in there as well.
Okay, Fran McNulty, can I put some listener questions to you now? Bear in mind these questions have come to us before the announcement by the government today about travel to Italy. Mm. But one woman contacting us saying her child was due to go on a ski trip on the 13th of March near one of the areas in lockdown. Um, She was informed that her insurance wouldn't cover it um, and the, and the, the companies involved wouldn't cover it. Obviously, that's changed now, has it? It would have done, given this 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 wider travel advisory, you, you would imagine. So there's a technicality around the insurance company probably saying that it it wouldn't be covered. With this broader travel advisory, chances are it will be covered. What people really need to look at in their... And insurance companies speak in generalities. Uh, what they need to look at is the specific cover that they have. You need to ensure that you have travel disruption cover on your policy. Uh, you need to ensure that you're covered in the event of minor things happening that, that might interrupt your journey, even if you're not directly in an area where there's an old travel advisory. The other thing people should be very conscious that they have at the moment is scheduled airline failure insurance. Because we saw the Flybe incident in the last week, uh, that airline go, uh, um, collapsing. The situation, that situation could begin to happen now across Europe. People need to check that they have that cover as well. And like on what Garold is saying there about the the insurance for being abroad if, if you fall ill, remember €65,000 if you're in the United States and you get quite ill will not go very far. So check your level of cover. Make sure you understand exactly what the policy uh, covers you for uh, because you... you very often we take out insurance policies, we ask a general question and we get a general answer. And I know it's really, really boring, but you should mm. study uh, the document you get. You should study the terms to ensure yeah. the level of cover you have, because you might expect a level of cover which just isn't there. And that's what people need to be really conscious of uh, as they take out policies and ask detailed probing questions about exactly what is covered. Yeah, Fra- Frank is, is, is quite correct when he says that when I described that level of benefit, it really is only designed for a temporary incident abroad, okay, but you really need to top up that cover with a proper travel insurance plan. And and, and the point about travel disruption, uh, Frank, you're quite right, because all of the policies, you need to ensure that you have cancellation and curtailment, trip disruption, um, medical emergencies that tops up your private health insurance plan. And I think Siobhan mentioned earlier on um, the European health insurance card if you're going to Europe. That's a really important document to bring with you because it does entitle you to the public health services of the country you're visiting either free of charge or at at a reduced rate. And Garot, can I ask you to explain in more detail to people what travel disruption cover is because you would assume that that is part of any policy but it's not. It's something extra. How much extra does it cost when can people avail of it? Can they do it now, for instance? Yeah, I, I, I should say, I, I know other insurance companies have this as an add-on um, with, with, with VHI's multi-trip uh, coverage. It's part of our cancellation and curtailment benefit, okay? And what's so, different to that than what's in a standard so, policy? So effectively, really, if you have a trip cancellation, if you have a curtailment, if you have a cancellation for all various reasons that have been cited down, you have coverage up to about €10,000 if you're forced to cancel your trip. And there's a whole broad range of circumstances obviously the the coronavirus example that we we, we referenced earlier on that if you've booked your let's take the family booking their holiday let's just say to to Portugal in June at at the moment Portugal is not in the listed area as affected you bought your your travel insurance you bought your holiday and say come June hopefully not 
um, the particular Portugal becomes an affected area, then that's when cancellation coverage uh, kicks in, which is really covering your the cost of your, your holiday, your, your cancellation and flights, etc. Okay. etc. And you say VHI has that already, but if you were to contact another company and, and buy this as an add-on, is there a lead-in period to it? Yeah, I, I understand that there, there's, there's particular... So, so if you buy it, there may be a seven-day, 14-day. I'm not quite sure, Samantha, but we, we, we took a decision earlier on to, to, to roll all of those particular um, variables into our cancellation and curtailment benefit. Um, I, I think travel disruption is, 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 is a broad, broad brush, to be honest with you. There's all sorts of circumstances that travel disruption can happen. So we, we take the view that it's, it's trip disruption, cancellation, curtailment. We put it in as one, one singular benefit. Okay, Siobhan McGuire, can I ask you about holidays booked in Ireland? Are people covered for those with a travel insurance policy or is it just foreign travel? It depends on the actual policy that you take out. So so there are different levels of policy. You have the most basic level that would protect you uh, in terms of, I guess, uh, luggage going missing, that kind of thing, uh, flight cancellation. But if you're in Ireland um, and, you, and you, you actually don't need the travel insurance to apply to any of the trips here, there is one little thing you can do now if you're going to book somewhere, if you have to travel, um, make sure that you get somewhere that has a free cancellation policy. That allows you to, to cancel right up to the, the, you know, the day before in some instances uh, without losing any money. Otherwise, um, there are other policies that you can get that allow you to get a partial refund back. And Fran McNulty, can I ask you about credit card protection, which we often hear in, in these scenarios. If people have booked these trips on credit cards, do they have any, any more comeback in these circumstances or is it just the same as normal? Uh, no, there, there is, there is a, a level of cover. Of course, it depends when you bought uh, the particular package or you booked the particular holiday or the flights uh, in particular. And then what it, all, what it comes down to constantly, like every situation is specific and individual. Every company has different terms and conditions. And so really, like the generalities of this are difficult to get into because everyone is so specific. And it's like Siobhan mentioned there with the, uh, you know, the being penalised if you cancel a booking. Some uh, hotels or resorts have really reasonable uh, cancellation fees. Some have none. Some are very reasonable. And there are others you'll contact and you will deal with. And see it myself on an ongoing basis. We, Because of the nature of our jobs, we tend not to be able to plan our lives. So you have to cancel things uh, when news breaks. And many places that do have cancellation penalties in place will be reasonable with you when you contact them. Uh, they won't force you to rebook, but they may not apply a charge and that can, you know, I think when we're beginning to see these these situations uh, develop and, and expand, you're going to see places begin to adapt and be more reasonable. Like there is another reality that the uh, if you look at some of the uh, rates for flights online, they're quite cheap flights for a number of destinations. You look at the price of hotels in this country at the moment, they're going up quite a lot because people aren't going away. Because we do travel a lot now. Uh, people t- seem to have more money in their pockets, so they're travelling, but they're staying at home now. So we're seeing prices in resorts and, and hotels around the country go up because people are staying at home. Garoj Gilly of VHI Healthcare, can I ask you what happens in, in the case of, of policies or entitlements being disputed? Where do people go um, if, if their insurance company is not paying out for them as they might have expected? Yeah, I think all, all insurance companies are very focused around um, 
you know, treating each particular claim that presents fairly and reasonable and, 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 and certainly we take the view that we want to make sure that our customer is is taken care of. But you're right, disputes do happen and the Financial Services Ombudsman encourages all insurance companies to um, get into a point where, where there's dispute resolution conversations between the customer and the insurance company before it goes to a full adjudication. So the customer is very much protected because failing um, in terms of their engagement with the insurance company, they do have a redress to, 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 to make a, a particular case to the Financial Services Ombudsman. Siobhan McGuire, can I put another question that we received from a listener? It says, myself and eight of my family have already booked flights and accommodation in New York State in July. Will the virus have run its course by then? You might need your crystal ball for that one. But will airlines and insurance companies provide refunds? If there's a, an issue with um, somebody travelling in the party that, you know, for whatever health reason <coughs> they can travel, they can definitely make their case Eight of them travelling, eight deciding not to travel and New York not being an area where the Department of Foreign Affairs is advising uh, non, uh, against non-essential travel, mm-hmm. then no, you won't get your money back. Um, there is a huge level of goodwill going on at the moment where the travel industry, insurance industry, hotel industry, airline industry is concerned because all of this is unprecedented. They are, they are suffering. We have, we have you know, flights carrying very few people to and from destinations. Uh, Fran pointed out earlier you could still get flights um, to Italy, bizarrely. Um, but airlines will take on board any kind of um, particular circumstances, inc- including the, that level of anxiety of going away. July is, is a long way away. I wouldn't be advising on cancelling anything if you have booked something even if you've not got your travel insurance in place, because the way things are happening at the moment, we have we have things changing on a daily basis. Mm. Um, yesterday, people flying to to Rome, for example, mm. um, wouldn't have been entitled to any kind of comeback on uh, or compensation on their flights. Today, that's a completely different story. Mm-hmm. So I would just sit tight and see how this this levels out. Speaking of people in Rome and in Italy in general, what are their rights if they're in the country and it's gone into lockdown? Are they able to return home, Siobhan, do you know? Yes, they are um, at the moment. And actually, um, airlines are accommodating people that are, are trying to, you know, get, get back home. Um, I don't know how that's going to change. I know that the, the Tornish there earlier mentioned that um, flights will be uh, among the discussions at the, at the council today in relation to, to how um, we cope with the level of people coming to and from Ireland. For example, last night I was able to find 39 flights coming from Milan to Ireland, which is really odd you know uh, under the circumstances but there are people who need to get home and they can get home and Fran the cruise industry has been in a lot of focus during the COVID-19 outbreak and we've had some questions from from listeners about um, one cruise they had that they were able to get a refund on another that they couldn't Um, what is the situation with with the cruise industry at the moment it's severely hit because the reality is this. If there's an outbreak of coronavirus, the last place you want to be is on a cruise ship. Uh, it's such a confined space. Uh, you're so limited. And uh, that is why um, 
we've seen a, a right around the world the cruise industry somebody got a refund i'd like to know if they got it directly from the uh, from the cruise operator themselves they've been very slow uh, to give full refunds many of them giving 50% refunds uh, because they know they have a loyal customer base they know they have people who have money and will probably spend again uh, but when you see i think what has really uh, been scary <clears throat> is when you see the outbreaks uh, on cruise ships and you see how how quickly it uh, it travels uh, and how people are impacted it really is it's devastating but people are tending to get 50% refunds uh, again travel insurance is key here um, for people who, who may have policies uh, who may want to cancel their trip may have a good reason to do so and their insurance company may accept that and in turn pay out um, but the cruise industry uh, is being severely hit uh, by this so is the airline industry it has to be said and travel industries generally uh, I certainly wouldn't like to be in a position where I had invested five or ten thousand euro in a cruise mm-hmm. and trying to get my money back because it's going to be extremely difficult. And Siobhan, that flexibility you spoke about, the force majeure um, approach that the, yeah. the industry has taken, is that something we're seeing with the cruise industry as well? We are now actually and, and things have only changed in the last day or so. Um, the likes of uh, Royal Caribbean, one of the larger companies for example, have uh, launched, um, if you'll pardon the pun, the Cruise with Confidence um, package and that basically allows anyone who has a cruise booked uh, from now to July to cancel. Um, uh, you must cancel within 48 hours but you and you, you'll receive a, a future cruise credit which means that you'll, you'll get the, the pretty much the full refund but which you'll then use on, on a on a trip later. Um, and then we have Princess Cruises which were which are involved in that cruise uh, that's that's ported in America at the moment and um, they, they were quite um, uh, I, I guess they were reluctant to kind of get involved in the whole kind of refund cancellation compensation debate but they too have now temporarily revised uh, cancellation policies and what that means now is that can uh, so, uh, in relation to some departures clients can cancel <clears throat> up to 72 hours before sailing and like that they get their their uh, future cruise credit uh, for a hundred percent of cancellation fees Garoge Gilly from VHI can I ask you about premiums um in in light of what's happening here will it rises be inevitable because there are going to be a lot of costs on your industry yeah, it, it, it's it's very, very early to say, Samantha. Um, certainly, we have no plans at the moment to adjust pricing. Um, we're, we're comfortable with our reserving. We're comfortable that we're able to manage this particular unforeseen event. Um, but I think it's inevitable if 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 if, if claims um, happen to be of, of a high volume and high value over the next uh, twelve months. Conversations will happen between insurance companies and their underwriters, etc., um, with a view to um, potentially looking at premiums. But right now, we we don't have any clear visibility. I mean, we are familiar with a number of cases we're working on at the moment. They are primarily medical expenses which which is is normally what would happen anyway when you take out travel insurance but we do, we haven't seen any major set of claims coming our way as yet and Grote, can i ask you about the um exclusions that would be in place for somebody with a pre-existing medical condition imagine a scenario where somebody you know maybe has taken out insurance more recently and that pre-existing condition is excluded say asthma or something but then they travel <coughs> and and contract covid-19 where do they stand then that's a very good question. We we do have in the 
private medical insurance, domestic health insurance, we'll call it, in Ireland, a, a condition, or sorry, a, a, a particular set of conditions which um, exclude illnesses um, that are present prior to joining a health insurance scheme for five years, okay? But your particular question kind of focuses on uh, somebody contracting a medical emergency, as in coronavirus. So we, we tend to take a medical emergency and an accident as something that's completely unforeseen and we don't apply the pre-existing rule in, in the, on, the, on these occasions, okay? So, so if you went abroad, for instance, and you had a pre-existing illness and you didn't fulfil your waiting period and, and you happened to go to hospital for that condition, then yes, um, the, the pre-existing condition would apply. But in the context of coronavirus, it's new, it's not pre-existing, it's a medical emergency and therefore cover would be available. Siobhan Maguire, you mentioned weddings earlier. That must be a massive um, concern for people who are organising weddings abroad at the moment. What do we know about what's covered and what's not? So again, it depends on the affected areas. Um, Anecdotally, wedding insurance policies have increased by 4,500 in the last couple of weeks. Um, People, uh, but Northern Italy, for example, is hugely popular as a wedding venue. Uh, But people who had booked weddings there will find themselves um, probably in a little bit of a... trouble trying to get all of their money back. What you're dealing with is um, separate bookings in a lot of instances. Um, Mm. Under European consumer legislation, when you make a booking under an agent for everything, your rights are actually a little bit more stronger than making separate bookings. So uh, in the case of a wedding, you would have booked a hotel, you would have booked your flights, you probably would have reserved quite a lot of uh, uh, flights for people travelling over with you. So you have to go to, to each individual party to try and get your money back. Now, the fact that the Department of Foreign Affairs is advising against all non-essential travel means that the airlines uh, should be something that that won't be too much of a stickler in terms of getting your money back. The accommodation, however, might be a different story. And Fran McNulty, um, if you were lucky enough to to grab tickets to either either the Euro 2020 tournament or the Olympics, um, you must be asking questions right now as to where you stand. Is there any indication now as to where those people will be in a couple of months' time? That's too far out to say, Samantha. Uh, you would reckon that, uh, you know, if you listen to all of the experts, it's still going to be around quite what the level of impact will be at that point or how we will adapt uh, to deal with this new reality remains to be seen. But anybody who has travel plans like that, they're going to be extremely anxious. Uh, and, you know, Siobhan referred to it earlier there, but, you know, I think it was somebody who had something booked in July to the States, you know, just hold out. I just think people... It is your natural a. Uh, it is your natural reaction uh, to pull back when you see that there's something happening like this. I think actually the passage of time will help a lot. We see that you know traditionally some companies who take a very hard line on cancellation policies uh, are beginning to adapt. The entire industry is beginning to adapt. So, you know, see people. I think one of the first queries when this came out that uh, we dealt with on air was somebody who had had a wedding booked. Uh, in in northern Italy and was asking should they cancel it and if I remember the timeline correctly I think that person unfortunately probably has had to cancel it but it's not only all of those things Siobhan spoke about it's not just the the florist the photographer uh, the wedding venue the uh, food maybe after parties and everything else Remember, all of your guests who are travelling as well have their individual plans. So the level of disruption and the possible loss of money is absolutely huge. Where, like, 
We're seeing a situation now where heads of state are sitting down today to discuss this, uh, European heads of state. They're going to have a look at kind of movement. A lot of concern been expressed by people about the fact that at the weekend, quite a number of uh, people were coming into the country. Siobhan referencing there are 39 flights coming from Milan. You know, people are continuing to move and travel. I'm hearing stories every day of uh, people whose work colleagues have been abroad, some of them to affected areas, and they're returning to work. Uh, you know, the next day after they, they come back. A lot of concerns and questions have been raised about movement. Who knows what's going to happen in terms of movement limitations or plans or the authorities coming up with uh, contingencies to try and uh, uh, curb the spread of it and how it will impact big events and in particular big sporting events down the line. There's one thing is sure. We are going to have to rethink everything we do and how we do it in the coming months. And everything sure- we do. Siobhan, the last question to you, where do people go if they generally want more information on their rights in this area? Yeah, there are, there are plenty of, of really good websites out there. Samantha, there is the European Consumer Centre, that's ECC Ireland. Um, and there is the Competition and Consumer Protection Commission, ccpc.ie. And then in relation to um, your, your flight rights, there's flightrights.ie. Now, that's run by the Commission for Aviation Regulation. I would imagine they're going to be kept extremely busy in the coming weeks and months. Um, but if you have an issue, first flag it with your airline and your accommodation, and then you can make a formal <coughs> complaint through the likes of flightrights.ie. And just st- st- staying with that, Garode Gilly and BHI, are p- people able to get through to you at the moment with the volume of calls you must be getting? Yeah, we, 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 we have, yeah, obviously a lot, of, a lot of customers ringing us, but we have put together, um, based on, on customer feedback over the last couple of weeks, uh, a frequently asked question summary and we've posted that to our website I understand all the other travel insurance companies have done likewise so I would urge our customers to to go into vhi.ie all of the typical type questions that are being asked of us right now will be addressed in, in that in, in that frequently asked question summary on our website. The other thing, Samantha, people should probably do if they have travel plans in the future, the Department of Foreign Affairs has an app called Travelwise. It's really, really good. You can set up alerts for various countries so that if the situation is changing in a country to, that you're travelling to, the app will actually alert you to that. It will give you all the travel advisories you need. It's called Travelwise and you can down, download it for, uh, for iOS or Android. It's really, really useful. Okay, thank you all for that advice. RT's Consumer Affairs Correspondent Fran McNulty, Siobhan McGuire, Consumer Journalist and Garod Gilly, Head of Customer Services at VHI Healthcare.